Entrepreneur Circle is an On Air Brands production and a proud member of the On Air Brands Network. Hi, this is James Altucher. Thank you for listening to Eric Cabral's Entrepreneur Circle. On this episode, you have to hold it together because if you don't hold it together, your team's not going to be able to hold it together. And if if you're unsure about the future, they're going to be unsure about the future. So you, you just have to step up in times like this. You don't want to show them you're afraid. Like you might be scared out of your mind, but like you cannot show that that fear. And that's very different than misleading your team. Yeah. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur Circle. My goal is to inspire you by chatting with entrepreneurs about their successes, their failures in life and in business. I am your most humbled host, Eric Cabral, a real estate investor, a creative, and I've been in the creative industry for over 20 years. Got my start in New York City as a junior art director, made my way to the top of the corporate ladder and realized there was the proverbial glass ceiling. So I hung up my corporate hat and started my own creative agency called On Air Brands, where we broadcast your brand and your message using podcasts and social media marketing, along with the help of my other company, PodMax, which hosts live and virtual events for top performing entrepreneurs to get them on podcasts and to learn from our keynote speakers and our massive network. So to learn more about that event, hit up podmax.co and sign up for the next event. They're happening each and every month. So as always, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast with two to three of your friends to continue growing our community and to help others grow from the knowledge shared here and learned here on this podcast. And before we jump into the show, I'd like to share some of what our sponsors, partners, and good friends have to offer you. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about PodMax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next PodMax event. Revenue is something every company wants, needs more of, right? And hiring great people is a part of how you do that. Today's guest is going to help us understand how to survive as an entrepreneur over tumultuous times like we've just had, how to hire the right people for your team, how to build a culture of what's called revenue, which is kind of a combination of marketing, sales, and customer success type stuff. I'm excited for you guys on today's episode of On Air Brands coming to you as a bonus from PodMax. I am your new host, Todd Genitasio, and today we have Chris Gannon from Captivate Talent. Welcome to the show, Chris. 
Thanks for having me, Todd. I'm excited to be here and yeah. excited to connect with you again, as always. Yeah, man. Always happy to chat. Always happy to chat with you. You always have good stuff. So, you know, let's start off and just kind of give a little context to what it is you do at Captivate Talent so our audience knows, you know, where you're coming from. Yeah, so I started Captivate Talent um, in 2017 um, with the sole purpose of helping build revenue teams for early and growth stage technology companies. So we got what work is- a lot. You know, let's talk about like revenue team. What is a revenue team for, you know, I know new companies coming, starting from scratch, have the ability to create their own little divisions, right? But for traditional companies or entrepreneurs that haven't been through starting this type of thing, what, what is a revenue team? Yeah, so we, we have the three main buckets and the lines get kind of blurred between them going from organizations, but it's sales, marketing, customer success. And really to be a successful revenue team, all three of those need to work in stride with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I, I have primarily the marketing background, but I always try to come to that with the, obviously the next step beyond the marketing is to make the sale. And so those things always have to be aligned. And, um, and depending on organizations, customer success plays a huge role in that kind of thing. Um, and I'm curious to, to ask you a couple of questions about how some business models are using customer success for their sales instead. But, um, you know, let's start with the, the entrepreneur side of things for everybody, you know, uh, the last year since the pandemic and lockdown has been super tough. And how do you, I mean, we're all just trying to keep our heads above water in most cases, right? And even for companies that are doing well, and I'm fortunate that my companies happen to be the kind that people needed over the last 12 months, working remotely, not being in person with everyone. How do you handle that from like a culture and management standpoint? Ah, uh, Well, I mean, the, the hard, the thing is you have to have, The thing I I luckily learned before I started Captivate Talent is as a leader, if things are an absolute mess falling apart, like if you have a dollar in the bank account, like you have to get on that Zoom call. It's a Zoom call now, not a a daily stand-up. And you you just have to have that smile on your face. You you have to look that fear in the eye and you you have to hold it together because – not all, if you don't hold it together, your team's not going to be able to hold it together. And if, if you're unsure about the future, they're going to be unsure about the future. So you you just have to step up in times like this. And this is the time where you do really test separates the good from the bad and (laughs) yeah, the people who have it or or don't have it. Yeah. How do you, how do you kind of figure out the balance of leading and being confident and, and showing security and stability versus not misleading them to, I mean, you know, luckily we're both still here standing. Right. Um, but also, you know, it, it wouldn't have taken too much at any certain, at the right time, another bad turn and things get really bad. And so, you know, you never want to blindside people. So how do you kind of balance the being, being honest and communicating and being confident in and secure? Yeah. And I, I think, you know, when I say you have to hold it together, like you, you don't want to show them you're afraid. Like you might be scared out of your mind, but like you cannot show that that fear. And that's very different than misleading your team. Yeah. Like you, you have to, you know, express like, hey, here's the situation. Here's what we're in. There's going to be no surprises. I'm going to be honest with you, but you have to be confident with those decisions. Yeah. Um, when in the reality, like we all talked about the playbook during the pandemic, like nobody had that playbook. <laughs> so anyone who said they did lied, uh, but we were all trying to figure out, figure it out as we went. So anyone who made a decision, no one was confident that that was the decision. And you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And just being, yeah, being transparent and, and authentic and coming through and just, but showing I'm, I'm here to lead and I'm, my intentions are always right, are always in the right direction and all that kind of stuff. And I think, 
when you've built a team, it's always in almost every scenario in life. It's like, you know, did you dig your well before you were thirsty, right? Like, are you set up for success even when, when bad times hit? And it's, if you've built the right team around you, then those conversations are going to be a lot easier than if you just have a bunch of kind of random, different valued type of people, maybe the, the right people, wrong bus kind of thing. Um, so let's talk about like the, the, culture of an organization and hiring the right people and attracting the right people. We're coming off of a, a great uh, little keynote fireside chat info session here at PodMax with, with Claude, the chief heart officer of VaynerMedia, where she really dove into to empathy and, and being servant leaders and attracting the right people. So what, what was your take on that? And, and I know that really resonated with you. So can you talk about you know, how to attract those right people and make sure they're in, in a position for success? I, I would say if anyone's listening to this right now, and I hope you make it to the end, but at the end, you should go find a podcast that Claude Silver's on and then just go listen to that and be like, oh, that was a nice teaser to here's the big, the heavy hitter coming in right now. She, she was absolutely fantastic. But it, it was, for me, it was a very validating thing to hear because it's, I, I hope, I think I run my business in a similar way where you're leading by empathy and you're really focusing on building the right culture. Um. And the thing I would say to anyone who's listening about culture is like figure out what you have and then also be okay if that changes or evolves over time, um, especially over the last 12 months. I mean, our biggest struggle now is building a remote culture. Yeah, We were and, not set up for that. Yeah. And and I agree. And you know, my business has kind of um, grown and pivoted and grown again and 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 all those kind of things. And, and in the last year, having to grow remotely from, from scratch, so to speak, um, with my team members, as opposed to when I had done it previously in an office, it was a lot harder than I had anticipated because when you're in a room together, although everyone likes to say, yeah, working from home is all good. And like, yeah, I can do just as much as home. The difference between being in an office where someone can just be like, Hey, can you check this out real quick? Or like the, I've, I've had a very difficult time myself, like mentoring, leading and teaching my team remotely because it's not as quickly as just like, Hey, what's going on over here? You need me to just look over your shoulder kind of thing. So dive into that remote situation. Or as you know, the first thing that has to happen is you have to hire people that you trust yeah, and that trust you. Um, because that, that's something that will weed itself out very quickly or should yeah. be quickly um, in the remote world where if you, if you don't trust somebody and you don't trust that they're going to do their job at the end of the day, um, it's not going to get done. So you have to ha have trust built into your remote culture. Um, you know, I, I've heard of companies that are like, oh, we get everyone on Zoom and we do like cold call blocks for like three hours. I'm like, wait a minute. You all sit on Zoom, look at each other and make cold calls. Oh my God. First <laughs> off, no one's picking up a cold call anymore these days. So right. Yeah. Probably very my phone literally like, says spam when the phone rings. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you don't pick that number up. Uh, so like, like that just for me breeds like this sense of mistrust. Yeah. Um, so you have to build trust into your culture. Um, and then you have to be okay with changing things. Things that worked 12 months ago aren't working now. Um, so that's how you just kind of have to look at it and be honest with yourself. And you can't just say we have culture. <laughs> Every startup says like we have culture. And then like, we usually ask like, okay, what, what kind of culture? And then they like kind of pause because I don't think many people have asked them that question, but yeah. you know, when you say as a company, we have culture, it's like saying we have a bathroom, like, okay, thanks. Right. Yeah, well, I think I hope that we're past this point and maybe, maybe you and I are just maybe on the frontier of the conversations a little more, but you know, there was a good five-year block there that I think we're past now where it was just, well, we have a foosball table and a keg. 
Oh right. Like that was <laughs> ping pong table. Oh. <laughs> right. And so, and it was like, no, 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 we're, no, we got, we got culture covered. We have our ping pong table and, and a keg in the kitchen. So we're good there. Right. Like that's not what culture is. Right. It's, it's really about, um, you know, who, who it is and how people jive together. And I think to tie back into the, to the revenue teams and having success in, in today's world with your sales and marketing, um, how do you look at putting those puzzle pieces together with different the roles of sales and marketing, but also the puzzle pieces from a um, personality standpoint, you know, what kind of tips do you have for the people who are building their teams now like that? So we, we heard Claude talk about it and it's, it's like hiring people that are culture ads um, yeah. that you, you want to bring people that are going to up in up your game to the next level. Um, but you have to, you know, if you're thinking of like traditional sales and marketing, you have to find people that are complementary. Um, to each other, or also complimentary to you as the founder. Like, um, Todd, if your specialty is like, you're a marketing whiz and a guru, maybe you do need to hire that cold caller, you know, that's going to just bang out 70 calls a day. Cause that's not what you're really, really good at. Instead of saying like, let me hire four more Todd's that are just going to accelerate our marketing. Then we're going to have 400 leads, but no one to go after them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what do you think, let's say you're an early stage startup, right? You, uh, what's, what is the order of hires when it comes to that kind of thing? Right. Or how do you determine the order of hires? Yeah. It's so everyone says they need a VP of sales first and no one needs a VP of sales first. It's the wrong. That sounds very expensive as a first hire. It's an expensive or like a CMO, you know, you hire a 250 K CMO and you give them a budget of like 5k a month. And it's just like (laughs) a little bit backwards. Um, so, you know, whether, whether it's sales or marketing first, you have to look at what's your budget. Like, do you have a lot of inbound leads? Do you have a good brand presence? Like you need a salesperson. Do you have zero inbound leads in this market? Like you don't want somebody to just get a phone book out and start calling. So you should probably hire a marketer. And when you like look to hire that marketer, um, you want to hire somebody experienced enough, but also tactical enough. Um, you know, somebody who has the strategy side of things but also wants to roll up their hands. So when you over hire for either one of these positions, you fall into that problem where the first thing that they're going to ask for is like, let's hire somebody under me. Yeah. Who's going to do it? (laughs) Like they're saying, okay, great. Yeah. I have all these great ideas. Here's the game plan. Now we need to go hire someone to execute it. And then you're, you're, you're wondering who it is. And you, you know, the, the cold calling thing is, and, and having the inbound is so important too. We just, we just did a a little engagement project with um, a, a large B2B very B2B company. And they, uh, you know, they communicated to us, our language didn't jive up before the start where they said how they had, you know, 5,000 leads. And so to me, I'm thinking that these lead, that's great. You have people who have, you know, expressed some kind of interest and in communicating with your brand, even if they were just email subscribers of some kind, right. And, and so it turned out that what it was, was it was a spreadsheet of 5,000 email addresses that they paid, you know, someone uh, $2 an hour overseas to, to cultivate. We, we start sending out emails, you know, 80, you know, 80% bounce rate and all these kind of different things. And so, um, in today's world, I think having that presence and, and inbound and, and not just brand awareness, because I, that becomes important at a certain point, but I think it needs to be a practical brand awareness where it's getting people aware of you and taking a next step to express interest at, at least at a high level in a general sense, so that then you can, you can have conversations, but just going out to a cold, you know, completely cold is, is extremely difficult right now. 
you have to be really honest with yourself. You have to be really honest with like what your business is. And if somebody's helping you like me hire that person, like you, yeah. you need to set us up for success too. Cause you know, we don't want to put somebody in there and then three months later, you're like, Oh, they're not working out. And, like, and we call that person. They're like, there's no leads. And we're like, well, we hired, we hired you an inbound SDR and you don't have any leads for them or whatever it might be. Right. Right. Yeah. And um, you know, it's tough. So, you know, how do you, in a hiring process, you know, how do you, let's say you determine who those people are that you need. What do you find the best way to attract, not just the technical skill set of a role, but also, you know, to be a fit that, that culture ad that you mentioned before. Yeah. Well, what's, why does somebody want to work at your company? Um, I try to ask every new client, especially the earlier stage ones, like why should somebody work here? And the ones that can answer that right away are usually the ones that are better prepared to hire because the ones that have to think like, Oh, we're a really cool startup great. Like there's none of those. (laughs) Wow. What a relief. We found a really cool startup. I can't wait to tell everyone in my network about that. Yeah. Um, So you really have to define like what makes your company special because that's going to attract the right people. And then when you move them through the process, you actually have to make sure you have a defined process. So what are the qualifications you're looking for? How are you assessing for them? Which is basically like what, what questions are you asking? And not only what questions are you asking, but what does a good answer look like? Like as a hiring team, maybe it's you, your co-founder and like somebody else, a board member on your team. Have you agreed upon these questions? Who's asking these questions at what stage and why? And what answers are you looking for? Or is Joe, your co-founder, going to go talk about the Yankees for 45 minutes and be like, oh, he was great. We should hire him. Yeah. I've gotten hired from that conversation before. So don't, don't knock it. <laughs> it's, it's a good supplemental conversation, but there are people that go into interviews and they chit chat and they walk out and they're like, Oh, it's a thumbs up for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find it very interesting. And, and I think like, you know, the old saying of hire slow, fire fast. And, and I do believe in, in hiring slow, but not, I think that's often misconstrued as like, don't rush into hiring for a position, but I think it's really like, I don't know if it's test projects or what kind of way can you work with someone first to get a feel for them from a technical, like, cause there's people who are great interviewers. Right. Yep. And then it, they get in and, and everyone's excited. They start the job and like a month in, you're like, yeah, this doesn't look like what we thought it was going to look like. So yeah, you have to like in your world in marketing, there's like technical attributes that you have to look for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you throw a little scenario test project in there that shouldn't yeah. take them more than an hour. Cause you know, we see these projects that are like, they're like four hours and you're just right. like, this person's working full time. Well, and that's to- what I was going to say. There's, there's two, if you're hiring someone either right out of college or maybe right now, given the pandemic, they're looking for work. But like in most cases, if you're looking to hire someone as a, a top talent, they're working full time yep. somewhere already. Right. They don't have yep. the time. So, oh yeah, let, let's do a two week project together. Right. Like, so, you know, keep going on that, on that direction. You gotta, yeah. You gotta think of like a way that takes an hour, maybe two out of their week to assess their skills that they could do that you feel confident that they check some of those boxes. Um, so yeah, I, I do believe in, in some sort of assessment or project, um, especially if it is a more technical um, skill, you know, on the sales side, there's not as many technical skills, but you know, you have to work through their numbers Right. You have to look at their track record of success. And then you have to just call a reference or two, like yeah. ask them for a previous boss. Cause maybe they bumped heads with them, but at the end of the day, a good sales leader, even if they weren't a culture fit with that person or vice versa, will be like, yeah, they hit their numbers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. And I think, 
you know, something that um, has been coming up a lot lately, especially now with with our on air brand show, where obviously we're talking and we we strongly suggest creating content, having some kind of shows, putting your brand out there as as a company, right? But also as a salesperson and and or as a you know looking to advance your career, do you where do you see personal brands? fitting in now um, in this world where everyone is their own media company on social media, right? Like if, if you're a sales rep, especially in, 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 in a particular industry, like if you do B2B SaaS, if you have a strong presence on LinkedIn and you decide that you want a new job, well, you can carry your existing audience over. Yep. Right. And it also, it kind of helps us bypass the test projects that we just said, because we can take a look deeper into what you've been publishing. So what do you think that role of personal brand plays when it comes to career now? Oh, it's so important, but I, I personally hate it too at the same time sometimes <laughs> because there's so many of these like LinkedIn pundits out there that are like, hire fast, fire fast. And you're like, oh my God, 500 people just took that advice because yeah. you have a cool little fun following and you're really good at posting on LinkedIn. But nobody actually remembers that you like, ran your team into the ground last time around or anything like that. Or nobody actually cares enough to dig into that as much because we, as a society, we just want these quick fixes. Yeah. We want those sound bites, right? Yeah. Just give me the dose. Give me the dose. Like I I don't want to do any work for it. So I'm just going to take your advice. Um, So if you're a salesperson, you're looking to like grow your career from a brand presence. You have to say like, am I dedicated to this industry that I'm in maybe right now? And like, who's my buyer? And then once you figured it out, that's where you should be. Like I, I watch these, like some of these sales personalities or sales, you know, people trying to beat these sales personalities on LinkedIn and they all just like each other's shit. Yeah. And they all just like pump each other up. And I'm like, you sell to accountants. Like who cares if 400 <laughs> salespeople like your stuff? Yep. Like yep. that, that's just stroking ego back and forth, yeah. but you're not yeah. actually diving deep into this world of accountants who you should be the guy banging the drum in their world. Yeah. Or, um, and, and, you know, from a, from a content strategy standpoint, which is where I spend a lot of time with people yeah. um, it's when you determine where you want to be and who you want to talk to, like you just said, make sure that whatever you're putting out, oftentimes what, what happens is a salesperson might start posting a lot on LinkedIn about selling. Right. And like, they're trying to be a sales guru. And so you get these 400 other salespeople liking and commenting on your stuff, but you're just attracting salespeople. What you need to be doing is talking to accountants about how to grow their accounting business or whatever, you know, whatever it is that you sell to them that that helps. And And I think understanding that, you know, there are some of these like sales gurus who sell a sales consulting service. So it does make sense. But then you watch these younger people in their career mimic that. And I don't think they, you know, sometimes see the the value of that. They're like, Oh, I got 900 likes on my LinkedIn post. And I'm like, cool. Right. Did you just sell a deal? <laughs> right, right. Or like, are any of those people worth giving a call? Like, hey, thanks. You know, you reminded me to reach out to you. It's like, no, because they're all just other sales guys who, you know, whatever. And it's funny. I get asked to do like, you know, be in like these recruiting groups all the time. And I'm just like, I, I just, you know, maybe they'll help me hire some talent internally for myself. Right. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, like, it's just a bunch of recruiters like chatting with each other. And it, it's kind of a lot of noise for me or it's a lot of self-hype. So like, I'd rather be in those sales groups, like playing around with those people. Hello, this is Josh McCown, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. 
on-air brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business. Reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com. That's also why I love like, it's easy for us to get in our echo chambers, especially in the marketing world or the sales world, because there are a lot of, you know, quote unquote gurus who are putting out content and, and good ones, bad ones, whatever. But like we get into this bubble and then you realize like, well, you know, if I just said the same exact stuff, but I went like to an insurance meeting, I'd be the king over there because like those people just know insurance and they need help with marketing. Right. So it's like, yep. make sure you're not getting stuck in that echo chamber of your peers and that you are going and, and serving an audience, I think is, is a huge thing. So uh, I also, um, I, I want to ask you about this and I'm putting you on the spot cause I don't know how it's going yet, but a couple of months ago, we talked about, um, building up, you know, what I kind of refer to as a, a side brand and you have captivate talent, right. And you started yeah. doing a lot of these virtual events and panels and stuff. And so you, you came up with this uh, idea and you, you started this new website called uh, modern revenue team.com teams.com. Yep. I forget which one. Modern which revenue team. Yeah. Yeah. Team.com. Uh, and, um, and so I love this idea of, like we said, everyone's a media company now. And so you have Captivate Talent, which provides services to your clients, but also you've launched this other thing here, which serves your audience and you're doing so in a way with virtual panels and events. And I think you have a greater vision for what can happen, but what kind of gave you the idea to do that and and the decision to execute it and, and where are you at in that stage? So yeah, so during the the height of the pandemic, um, when my, I had a really good beard, um, <laughs> it was... It was, let's create this event series. And then when I looked at the event series, like um, we did a couple virtual events with some other partners and we wanted to bring one in-house. And I was like, I don't want people to feel like if they come to Captivate a, talent, a Talents event, they're just going to get hit up by recruiters all day. Um, like, I don't want them, I want this to create a, a space in our community, which is these revenues people, where they could have fun, they could collaborate, they could talk, um, and they feel like it's not a sell. Um, because I genuinely believe if you just do a really good job and you give people help and a sense of places where they could talk, you know, your business should grow if you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we created the Modern Revenue Team. We, we, we spun it up as its own event series. Um, and the mindset, it's actually building the Modern Revenue Team, but that's a long website. So we can <laughs> the Modern Revenue is building panels around all the different parts and functions of a revenue team and how to scale one and build one. So our first one was on recruiting. We did one on the marketing function. Um, we did one on sales enablement, um, rev ops at the end of the year, which we're about to redrop all the content from that this year to kick things back off. Um, so that was kind of our, our, our strategy, I guess you could say. Um, and, and it's worked. It helped us become more integrated into our community and us feel like we're more of a part of it because sometimes recruiters get like stuck on the outside of the area they serve. And we're like, you're not really salespeople. I'm like, what are you talking about? 
That's all I do every day. <laughs> um, so it, well, it's it also us. you know depending on whose LinkedIn account you're 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 looking at, you know, there's a, the only people worse than sales salespeople are recruiters in the Our inbox, recruiters. you know. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's that's great, you know, to to create that safe space where you can collaborate and and foster the community and collaboration there. And so, where do you see that going? You know for yourself or also just that idea and concept for, for other startups, even, you know, like your clients are growing these, these, these revenue teams, but what about this as an option for them as their marketing and community building strategy? So we, we hope this year to really build it up where it can be a bit of a content library for people. Um, so we could offer it not even as a, a monetized service, but almost a complimentary, like, Hey, you work with us. We put a bunch of this stuff out here for free. It's connected. It's connected to captivate talent, but like, here's the work we want to give to the community um, because we don't want to be these people that just take, 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 take. Um, so we, we hope the brand grows and because it's not technically it's, I guess it's a side brand to captivate talent. It allows us to bring in other people to work on it. Um, with us. So um, we have these two guys, Kevin Mulrane and Travis King, who run a podcast called the Addicted to Growth Show. Um, and they do kind of, their podcast is similar. They, they interview people in different parts of the revenue community and they do, they help us do this modern revenue um, team event series too. Um, so where it goes, Todd, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to tell you what our, our long-term <laughs> plans are. And it's mostly because we want to see kind of where it goes too. Yeah. Um, you know, do we monetize it in the future? Do we turn it into maybe a different arm of the company yep. that brings in revenue? Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of work to do there before you try to, you know, just turn the money on real quick. For sure. I think that's a really silly and short-sighted way to like yeah. say we could do that now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, similar to the podcasting world that we're sitting in here is that a lot of the magic and power behind podcasting is in the relationships you get from the guests. If you're, if you have a show, the guests that you bring on, or if you are going to be a guest somewhere, you know, like that's, that's the power is in those one-on-one relationships. And I think that's what something like modernrevenueteam.com is, is able to bring is that it can help you create relationships without any uh, quid pro quo of like, okay, Chris, I'll take this call with you. But then, and then I know I have to, you know, talk to you about hiring you to bring, you know, to make our next hire. Yeah. Where, it's like the, the gated content in your world. Right? Like you, if you want this, I'll give it to you. But if you give me your email and phone number, you're going to get called a hundred right. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And I think it's just um, the, the content creation of these events and being able to put it out, I think is, is a huge thing. And I think, you know, we already said this, but putting out who you are will attract the right type of people. And, you know, maybe we can go down that rabbit hole a little bit. And, and I'm curious, I don't, we've never talked about this. What do you think about personality tests when it comes to hiring and building your team? That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And please recommend us to one or two people in your circle. That will go a long, long way to growing our community. Also, if you could rate us on iTunes, just take a moment uh, to give us five stars. And if they have more stars, give all of them. We'd greatly appreciate you for that. And always, always like, subscribe, 
and share, share, share this show on social media. We'd love you for that as well. And if you have any ideas or want to hear something on a future show, please hit us up. Maybe you have a question for one of my guests or you want to uh, tell a story, a success story. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that, especially if you're on the Anchor platform. You can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. Once again, folks, thanks again for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle. Please like, subscribe, and share, share, share. I am Eric Cabral, and as always, remember, your network is your net worth. So get in the circle. <laughs> <laughs>